This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. Omnibus. Christus. Omnibus. Cheesy Puffs. <laughs> this week we're talking about The Omen. Latin stuff. <laughs> Latin stuff. Uh, this movie came out in 1976, directed by Dick Donner, written by David Seltzer. Starring Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, Harvey Stevens, and others. The great David Warner. David Warner, Billy Whitelaw, uh, John Stride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only know Gregory Peck from this. Master Control. Oh, wait. Dillinger. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we're, it's, we're Halloween time here, so we're going to do a bunch of horror movies over the next... Four weeks, and uh, this is the first one. This is my selection. Oh, horror. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> Pretty horror. Woman's off my list. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, like I said, this came out in 76. I did not see this in the movie theater because I was not born yet. Um, but, you know, not too far away. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I saw this kind of like... When I moved out on my own and I have expendable income and I was buying DVDs left and right and I always heard this was good. Uh, I was a fan of uh, Dick Donner's movies. So I'll check it out and I really enjoyed it. It's, it's creepy, but not creepy at the same time. I don't know how to describe it. Um, so I really enjoyed it and I've watched this a lot back then. Not as much recently, but I still watch this. A lot. I would say one of my more favorite non-like gory uh, horror movies. So that's my experience with it. Uh, Scott? Um, I, I definitely knew what this was about. I knew pretty much all the beats. But I don't think I've ever actually sat down to watch it from beginning to end. Uh, so yeah, this was the first time for me doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I know, like, again, all the all the, the trappings. Uh, we, we happen to work with a guy named Damien. So, Who might appear in future podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we, it's, it's hard not to use that reference around. <laughs> but this podcast is for him. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all for you, Damien. <laughs> I hope all you right. enjoy it. And so Alex, what's your history with it? Uh, this movie's always been at my, uh, I would say, I guess peripheral in my, what you would call it, pop culture. So I know what it's about. I know, you know, evil, evil, evil devil kid. And uh, but I'd never seen it before until just recently for this podcast. It left right. a good impression. <laughs> All right. How how do you uh, how how do you compare this to say something like Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist, Alex? This is not nearly as bad as The Exorcist. Rosemary's Baby I haven't seen since I was a kid, so I don't know. Okay. I'd have to watch that one again. I'm curious why this one isn't as bad. I know. Well, I'll tell you, but... Okay. Yeah, it was... I Even I found myself surprised going, yeah, why isn't this as scary as it should be? <laughs> uh, 
Also, yeah. I, I I heard that originally there were going to be uh, a lot of explosions in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But they, they took them out. <laughs> be- yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> D- Dick Tano just likes smoke. <laughs> oh, damn it. He does. <laughs> he went a long way for that one, Scott. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Brain left. Um, and then uh, I t- not to be outdone by that trivia. Um, <laughs> this movie—if it wasn't for this movie—you wouldn't have Star Wars. So Fox was struggling at the time, and the profits from this they used to invest in a few movies. One of those being Star Wars. Yeah. So, oh. There you go. And I believe I should be looking. I think the cameraman. The cinematographer, as, you, as uh, they like to say, is the same from, from Star Wars. I'll look except as we go along. But um, some executive going, hold your fire. There's no life forms in this movie. Let's let's sparse out the budget over here. Yeah, Gilbert Taylor, or is that, or is he from Jaws? Gilbert Taylor. Yep, no, number one movie, Star Wars. So, yep. So thanks, thanks, the Omen. thanks, Dick Donner, and your dislike of smoke. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, as usual, we're just going to talk about seven items from this movie, uh, whether we liked it or not, whatever they are. Just seven items we're going to talk about. And my number seven is this freaky monkey scene. And the whole <laughs> thing with the zoo and the that was cool. giraffes. Talk, everyone's feeding the giraffes. So they get a little one look at Damien and they just take off running. And then the, the baboons attacked in the car getting all crazy that's and the music they have with that scene i just that was one thing i actually did forget about and then all of a sudden they went to the zoo was like oh yeah the stupid baboons uh, so yeah honorable mention to this baboon stuntman <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're on that car when it's moving yeah so i uh i watched the documentary for this and the commentary too and they talked about how we're going to attack the car. All we got to do is put a little mouse with uh, female pheromones on it or something, and they will attack the car. And sure enough, <laughs> they did it. It was kind of scary. So that's my number seven. Scott, what's your number seven? Okay. Uh, my number seven is the the creepy nanny, uh, Mrs. Uh, Belloc. Belloc? She's, she's Belloc. Belloc. It's pronounced Scary Poppins. Scary Poppins, yes. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Like, yeah, she does a good job of being creepy. Uh, what I want to know is, why the fuck would they, like, keep her around? <laughs> she, She's creepy as fuck from moment one. Like, yeah. And they're like, okay. Like, I get that they're desperate for uh, a governess, a nanny, whatever. Uh, but she's, like, super creepy, and she's, like, um, what's the term? Uh, British. <laughs> yeah, she... <laughs> She's actually not that British, except for the teeth, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, she, she's very subversive. British. Or she, yeah, she doesn't, like, want to do what she's told. Yeah. And, like, they never do check up on her references. Like, she hands them over and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, the agency. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me. Yeah, but then she starts being creepy and, again, disobeying them. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I don't have kids myself, but if if I was paying somebody to take care of my kid and they're giving me a creepy vibe, like that would be it. I would need proof. 
I would need like. <laughs> well, these people also lost track of their three-year-old when they're just all just three of them walking in the woods. Well, that was just Damien being a dick. No, that was unattentive parents. Mm, I don't know. Uh, they also let her bring a dog in the house, and we're just like, eh. You should get rid of it, but yeah. don't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah, I don't want the yeah. nanny that's going to like let a giant Rottweiler in. in. Also, I'm curious about how how much of this, this movie like plays into the reputation of Rottweilers one way or the other. But anyway. I know. They got a bad rap for they, many they, years. They never should have kept the creepy nanny around, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Alex, number seven. My number seven is... Probably one of the reasons why uh, some of the scare I didn't find it so scary, but it, my number seven is kind of like a little bit of advice. If you haven't seen The Omen, and if you haven't seen or read Good Omens, watch The Omen first. <laughs> because there was a lot of stuff that I kept remembering from Good Omens that was hilarious, but it, they're doing it seriously in this movie, so... It was a little. It was a little bit off. I think it would have been scarier if I if I'd watched this first, and I should have. Yep, a lot of okay. references. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot. Like oh, now I get it. You'll definitely get a lot more jokes in Good Omens if you watch this first, also. So. <laughs> All right. Um, my number six is the over-the-top priest in this thing. Yee. Oh, the little guy. priest. The little priest. Yeah, that's what the guy calls them when they go visit the archaeologist in Megiddo. He's like, so is the little priest dead? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. But he's just, you got the guitar toys. He's got the devil sign on him. And he's just so, just shows up out of nowhere, pops out of the screen like a jump scare to go talk to him at some point. It's like, what the hell? And then, I, I do like I just, how they eventually lampshade the fact that he can't like explain what the fuck he's actually trying to get at. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's a morphine addict. <laughs> he can barely function. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that yeah. makes sense now. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, it's frustrating at first. It's like, fuck, man, just tell him what's going on instead of being <laughs> yes. like, being like, you must be, you must drink the blood of Christ. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's like holding a flashlight under his chin as he talks. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Crazy Priest is my number six. Crazy Little Priest, apparently. Scott. Mm-hmm. Okay, my number six. It <laughs> The movie does a really good job of this for the most part, but it still doesn't escape that 70s stank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the weakest little... I, I, I wouldn't call it a gag because it's not funny. It's supposed to be creepy. The When the kid does the close-up on the dog in the meeting... And it has the like, like oh, this is terrible. Like, and and I have more to say about the overall score. <laughs> A couple more down here. Oh, actually, the next one. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that that had me rolling my eyes. And then they do it a couple times. And and just the close up of the kid, like looking at the dog, like oh, it was unnecessary. Like it would have been a lot better, more subtle. The kid just looked over at the dog dog looked back and then when the kid waved and the dog ran off instead you have the creep like supposed to be creepy close up and it's just goofy looking it does stand out I, I'd give you that <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, I don't know that's 70s I don't know what he's supposed to yeah. do the, the dog would give a bro nod 
What's up, bro? <laughs> Got you, D. All right, Alex, number six. Uh, my number six is, is it, yeah, this is a movie from a different era, from the 70s, and it's supposed to be slow, but I think it was just a, a bit too slow for my liking. Just a tad. I think some a couple, a few minutes here and there could have been shaved because some shots like lingered a bit too long. Uh, just overall, even for a movie in the seventies, for me at least, it seemed just just a tad, just a little bit too slow. Yeah, I, I, it is. I, I don't disagree that it could have been shorter, but like that that's not a criticism I have for this movie. Like I do for almost every other movie. It's yeah, it's definitely supposed to be a slow burn, and and you feel, you really feel it at the end of the movie, uh, like the last like ten fifteen minutes are very tense, yeah. and it's it's great stuff, and I think a part of that is just because of the slow build from the beginning all the way through. But yeah, it could be shorter. Mm-hmm. It was enough that I noticed it. So, all right. Um, my number five it is I like the fact that. If you look back at the movie, nothing you can think is everything is a coincidence, and he's not. The boy's nothing. There's nothing that actually happens proof that he is the Satan or the, the Antichrist, the son of devil, any of that, right? Like uh, the, the nanny hangs herself, yeah, but she's on drugs. The him doesn't want to go to church. I don't know. He's just a freaking kid. Uh, <laughs> all the different stuff that happens, knocking the mom off on accident, the mom jumping out the window. You know, or getting forced out the window. You don't actually see her get thrown out the window, right? There's all that no, stuff. I like. The, what, what's her face? Uh, British nanny. Yeah. Yeah. She was the one that threw her out. No, you don't see it though. She shows no, up, but and she I gets mean, scared, and she falls yeah, out the window. But Damien was nowhere near that part. That uh, was just a no, little... but they're like his disciple. What would you? Would you his? I think that it leads if Belloc throws her out the window it, it lends more credence to the kid kind of being innocent like you don't know because oh all these people outside believe that he's the one but what if he isn't and now she's just killing people left and right for no good no good reason um i don't think so no i i i i like that that underlying conceit jeff that but yeah, yeah for at least from uh thorne's point of view of well yeah it could still all be explained away like, until yeah. he gets that that proof at the very end. Um, although, what going back to the nanny, they ask. I think they ask if she's on drugs. Like, I don't think it's ever confirmed. And then, like somebody, no. then somebody else talks about. I think it's Baylock says something about how, like, she had an old boyfriend. So, like, they never really explain why she did it. Right, but I'm saying it could all be explained. Like, no, well, I, right, right, yeah, it could all be rationalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's all and for you, tat- Damien. Yeah, his tattoo could. Just be a random birthmark that's three sixes. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> or the the lady could have just put him on him. I guess. I think he, regrew, he grew his hair back. Or she just didn't even cut the hair. She just tattooed it on him or magic markered it. I don't know. She was alone with that kid for a long time. You don't travel to Rome and then to Megiddo, like... Mojito. In a couple days. Mojito. Yeah. So anyway, I like that. That this could be two totally. If you wanted to look at it from one way, you could, and the other way, he just mm-hmm. is. All right, uh, Scott, number five. Number five is the scoring in this movie. Uh, this is something else that kind of takes me out of the movie. 
Um, there, there are points when, when it's well served, like at the end of the movie. Um, but just like the opening credits has it, like the overwrought, like Latin gibberish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's, there's lots of points where the only tense thing going on is the music. And yeah, it just... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just overall, just not not good use of the scoring. I mean, even of itself, it's fine, I guess. They're they're going for that whole Catholic thing, uh, but yeah, is a lot of it's just unnecessary. This is Jerry Goldsmith too, who's who's done some uh, amazing stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Well, I mean, he did Star Trek and stuff. He he did stuff before this. Um, mm-hmm. Including Rambo and Star Trek, yeah. but yeah, it's just I can see why. <laughs> David, I kill that baby. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why, uh, like South Park, like how easy it was for them to to <laughs> speak <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Omnibus, cheesy poofs, like <laughs> that. That whole episode's great. But yeah, the, the, a good companion piece to this as well. That South Park mm-hmm. episode, <laughs> but I will. I don't know. If this is the first, but maybe it's it's weird because you've heard it because it has been mocked a bunch. Like if you heard it for the first time, it's scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, again, it, it works really well toward the end of the movie. But like there's points in the beginning where it's just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Less is more kind of type of thing. I know it was really creepy when they were doing it in whispers. And it's, yeah, like you could barely hear the Latin gibberish. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is also the scary small priest. <laughs> I like that when he first meets uh, Gregory Peck in his office. He's, I mean, he's saying you must eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Uh, technically, those are. True in the Catholic faith, but yeah. it's like just don't don't say it like that, man. <laughs> you're trying to convince him to do this. This, this is <laughs> yeah. not the way. <laughs> you're like you're like, hey man, look, you don't have to believe me. It'll take you five minutes. Just go down and look. <laughs> go down to the local Catholic church. Eat a wafer. Drink a little wine. <laughs> and you're good, man. All right. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah, you must eat his flesh. <laughs> yeah. Drink of his blood. You must accept Jesus in your heart. Yeah, he was just kind of scary all around, and then <laughs> turned into Quint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a Donald's eyes. <laughs> uh, and then you, when he meets in the park for the last time, spoilers. Uh, he becomes like really like sympathetic and desperate, and it was there was a, an amazing scene. I almost started welling up a bit when he started crying, trying to explain this whole thing and trying to redeem himself. And he knows that he's going to hell, but he's still trying. It's good. I like that yeah. character. That's a cool shot too, where like his face is in the foreground and Peck's oh, behind him. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so speaking of uh, the blood of Christ, uh, mm-hmm. we were up in the Paso Robles at some wineries. We found out this one winery we went to winery. The only reason they were able to stay in business during Prohibition was they were making like communion wine. Like oh was... yeah, there was a few places like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was. And so all over there, I forgot the name of it, but it had that something that has a crosses all over their wine and everything. It was because they would just make wine and it would just be for the church. 
and stuff like that. And that's how they stayed afloat. And then mm -hmm. when it was over, they were still around. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Roman number four. Um, I mentioned a lot of these are just moments I had that I always thought were creepy. Uh, and when the when they go to the church for the first time and he starts freaking out, I, I think. Because I've seen this movie so many times. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the first time you get the sense that something's a little more wrong? With, I mean, you know, he stares at the dog, like you said before. But other than that, he doesn't really do anything that bad yet at yeah. this point, right? Like, or there's no, I guess. Uh, so you're talking about Christian vibes or Catholic yeah, thing, you know, like so Antichrist before the the uh, the birthday party, right? No, they accept. No, this is after. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Because the nanny's the one that tried to convince him not to take him to church. Yeah, Bella. the new nanny, the scary yeah. Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I might I might have uh, something out there for a second. So you're asking, when is the first time he does anything that's really creepy? Yeah, well, like well, you uh, get a the, sense like there's more supernatural things going on. Yeah, like more like uh, devils, devilish things. Well, I mean, you get the the birthday party, right? But he doesn't have anything to do there. He just waves to the. What they do the yeah, super? They do the, stuff. they do the super close up with the. No, right. But the kids just like, really just standing there. Like that's one of those moments that can be explained away. But him feeling like feverish and physically ill when he's getting closer to the church, and then he okay. has his freak out. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely right. the first sign that, like, uh, yeah, he's not just the evil but the antichrist. Yeah. Exactly. And so I just I had him just freaking out, pulling his mom's hair mm -hmm. and everything. I just I always thought that was a creepy scene. And just the way they filmed it, him looking at the cross getting bigger and bigger as he's approaching the church and that giving him the the freak out. That was that was cool. So that's my number four. I think he just didn't want to be a cannibal. Yeah, he didn't want to eat flesh. <laughs> eat flesh and drink blood of some dude that was alive two thousand years ago. Alright. Scott, number four. Okay. Uh, so my number four um, is all the close-ups in this movie. <laughs> Every other scene, there's like the camera just sets itself up like right in people's faces, um, and it and it makes it very claustrophobic at times. Uh, and it you know obviously works well in uh, letting the actors show whatever emotions they're showing and you get a, you get a great actor like Gregory Peck um, gets to mm -hmm. kind of mug for the camera a little bit uh, Gregory the Pecker Peck yes uh, <laughs> his old college nickname yeah he wasn't storing <laughs> corn in that thing uh, <laughs> yeah just all the close-ups a couple times or not a couple, more than a couple times they have the, the Dutch angles uh, looking up at people um, yeah, yeah. and yeah, just, I just I don't know the, it all the close-ups made some of the the long shots like all the much more stark. So there's like the really cool shot with the stairway when she's when the nanny's telling him or telling the mom not to, to take him to church. Um, long shot of the graveyard when they're digging up the graves. Uh, you know, and then you know, just a stark contrast to like like the constant close-ups of everybody in this movie. Yes, yeah. I agree. I too agree. You saw a lot of pores. <laughs> Is anyone going to talk more about the graveyard scene or no? Not really. A little bit. Okay, then. I guess well, I a, a, yeah. a teeny bit, but yeah, not a ton. Mm -hmm. 
All right, uh, Alex, number four. My number four is I like the way. What's Gregory Peck's character again? Robert Thorne. Something. Robert Thorne. Atticus like, Finch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the the. Um, I guess the change in his character when he goes from uh, this is he's just doing research. Why is all this crazy stuff happening? To uh, oh, the, your kid is the Antichrist and not believing it. To then when he hears that his wife is dead, that he wants it's like I'm my wife is dead and I want Damien dead too. But then he goes back and a couple scenes later, once he learns what he has to do in order to kill the Antichrist, he's is like I'm not gonna kill a child and he throws the knives away and everything even after seeing the um the proof in the graveyard which uh you know all these just little things that really just took him one step closer to to the final scene the build-up was really cool and yeah that graveyard scene was rougher than i thought it was gonna be because i saw they opened up the moms and there was a dead animal carcass in there and at first, just like Gregory Peck, I thought, oh, she must, the mom, they buried an animal here. The mother must still be alive. But then, you know, doing my wiki research, I learned that that was actually Damien's mother. He was born from a jackal, which is gross. Uh, and then going to the, the other grave where he sees the uh, the skeleton of his unborn child and his, you know, there's a hole in his skull. Yeah. That was, as a, as a dad myself, that was rough. That yeah, that's that was terrible. <laughs> that's the part yes. I wanted to bring up. That's messed up. Yep, it's like, guys, you. I mean, it's a baby. You there's not. You don't have to do all that. If for you know, if you wanted to kill a baby, I'm not saying you should do it. And it's horrible, <laughs> but that, that just seemed extreme. Yeah, let's not think of uh, easier ways to kill babies. I guess that's Ugh. not a good topic to go down. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Halloween! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was rough. I I like the the build up, all the way to the end where he was just on the down thrust on the dagger. I I do kind of like that they never really explain the the real mother. Mm-hmm. So she's that's all just inferred. Yes, because so she... I think the the small priest was about to blurt out like her mother was a jan, and then people walk into the room. Yeah, so I, have, I am curious, like, what what she's supposed if if even it was actually a woman, like, so just like the Immaculate Conception, because they they say in the movie that you know everything holy has something unholy, so mm-hmm. so whatever the opposite of the Immaculate Conception is, like the Dirty Conception, I don't know, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, whatever that is, uh, it's cool that they 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 leave that to the imagination because it's really not important to the plot in the end, so. Mm-hmm. Plus, yep. the more you leave things, if you just leave clues and leave most of the explanation ambiguous, your imagination just like fills it in with horrible stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number three is the scene where he knocks his mom off the 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 stairs or whatever the whatever the second floor yeah, of the, the house. Balcony, uh, not and uh, yeah, that shot is just really cool. Tricky, with her falling and twisting, and the the floor is coming up at you, and the, the goldfish on the ground, and then him riding around on the him that kind of like revving up in the bedroom, 
And then <laughs> yep. Scary Poppins opens the door. Scary Poppins. And uh, I did like, I learned this from the commentary too, that the little kid riding the tricycle on the carpet in the house, most people are going to think of The Shining, but The Omen did it first. Yeah, I was just about to ask which, which movie came out first. Yeah, and he mentions that he was he was proud that to see his scene in a Kubrick movie. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not saying he stole it. I'm just saying I did it first. <laughs> or something like that. Because <laughs> who am I to say that, that Kubrick stole anything from little old me? But, um, but anyway, that shot I thought was really cool. Yeah. The fishbowl goes down first in slow motion. Yeah, it's for that that felt like a like Hitchcock Hitchcock and just, yeah, yeah, it was psycho stare like, scene, yeah. high anxiety. Yeah, I was well, I haven't seen high anxiety, but the <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> oh. All right, uh, that's my number three. So Scott, number three. Okay, so my number three. Uh, we you guys kind of already went over it, but. Uh, solving the mystery, I I do like uh, when they. It really starts when the the reporter meets up, and it makes sense. He's a reporter, <laughs> and he starts putting pieces together. And uh, they they go to the priest room, um, and that's that's a really cool set piece with all the the Bible verses tacked everywhere mm-hmm. and all the crosses. And, uh, oh, quick aside, that was the only jump scare that got me, was when they were in there, and Dillinger, like, slams the door shut, like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one. So, yeah, it's super creepy, <laughs> the, there's just enough, like, uh, give, I, I don't know, the peel away in the window for them to see the, at least one of the church towers. Um, yeah, it's a really cool set piece, and it, it it's where he finally convinces uh, Gregory Peck's character that, that he'd take the show on the road. <laughs> and they track mm-hmm. down the other priest, and then you find out that the, the other priest was in on it. Uh, you know, and who who knows who else. Um, one, one thing that I, because, you know, I didn't really remember, I, I knew all the, the big beats, but not a lot of the, the smaller details. I was wondering if anybody else would be revealed to be in on it, too, after that point. Because cause you think, yeah. like, uh, yeah. there's a lot it's of people like, that, like, could be, like, lurking in the background to make sure that this kid does what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The, um, as part of the unraveling, this is just a side note, when they meet the um, the nun who tells them about the, the priest or whatever, and she gets on that dumb waiter elevator. That death trap? Yes, Holy that shit. they would never have in America. <laughs> I wonder if that's a real thing. It has to be, right? But ugh. Well, it's that's dumb a... for a reason, because get a hand caught in there? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just stood out to me in that scene. But, uh, yeah, I love the, like you said, uh, solving the mis- not solving, yeah, getting, you know, following the clues. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and again, it, it is cool that until you get to the, to um, Bugenhagen, Shout out to Final Fantasy fourteen or fourteen, Jesus Christ, Final Fantasy seven. Uh-huh. Um, I did not realize that I did not remember that the guy's name was Bugenhagen, um, and that the I I did remember the character from Final Fantasy seven's name Bugenhagen. Um, so somebody that localized that game had a had a sense of humor about mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow tying that character into the Illman, um, and in a way, it's kind of appropriate, I guess. Because that, that's the guy that tells you what you need to do to, to save everybody. 
don't know how well you remember oh, yeah. it, Alex. But uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, sounds uh, familiar. Uh, he's like the old floating man. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, it's a cool thing. Again, my my point being though that there's it's not like a lot of horror movies where oh there's some super smart scientist guy that explains everything early on in the movie and they're like okay, like until you get to that guy, there's nobody that's really saying like what's what. The priest kind of does, but he's a morphine addict, so mm-hmm. not very helpful. So you to eat flesh, drink blood. Yes, I do like that. Yeah, it's pieced together in such a way that they're able to follow the clues. Yep. Sorry, I'm looking at the cast list here, and I just found out that Gregory Peck's aide in the sh- in the movie is General Riken from Empire Strikes Back. There you go. Oh, my. Oh, yeah? Cool. Anyway. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. No, this is one of the good uh, guys. Awesome. This is oh, one of the guys right. on the Hoth. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Reikian. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, the the old man with the beard. Nope. <laughs> what? Isn't that Reikian? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I should really watch Empire Strikes Back. He's just... I think... We can't protect two transports at one time. It's, it's risky, but we can do it, or something like that. He's the one that's talking, or Deathmark is not an easy thing to live with, Solo. I hate yeah. to lose you. Okay, that's the Back guy, in. yeah. No beard, clean-shaven, yes. old man. <laughs> Alex, what's your number three? <laughs> My number three is the unexpected, yet very tame gore that was in this movie, but it was still gross. Like, I was not expecting that. Because, you know, you watch an old movie... Like, uh, we did Psycho some months back, and it's like, uh, Norman Bates is, like, stabbing with the knife, but they cut away in everyone, so they're not going to show anything. So, I I was in that mindset going, oh, this is, you know, from a bygone era, it's not going to be that bad. And then when, (laughs) spoiler alert, when the lightning hits the rod at the top of the church and it falls and pales the priest, I was, like, really surprised. (laughs) I jumped out of my seat going, oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Did you see the rod going through him? It was incredible. He does stand there for like the same length of time that the the security guard and Austin Powers does in front of the, <laughs> yeah. the steamroller. It takes him forever. So maybe that okay, Alex. Like, hundred percent, they should have shortened that scene up a little bit. Yeah, he should have. He, he could have walked out of the way. Two two feet. He's two steps to the right, bro. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, but as far as like uh, like graphic imagery. This movie did come out after The Exorcist. Oh, okay. So I wonder if there's still like people were unsure. <laughs> with, yeah, with, like, maybe. Did, I mean, like well, maybe Exorcist get away with it, but because we're filming with Brits, yeah, there were just British a bunch people. Of, was, we don't know. There was just a bunch of puke and everything. But are you guys going to talk about the Dillinger scene, the truck in the glass? No, I was going to bring it up now, but it's not on my list, so. Uh, sort of. Uh, so I sort of okay. have it coming up. We'll yeah. wait for Scott then. Yeah, me too. Because that was also like a really big surprise for me. Like, oh shit! Like I said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're on to my number two, and my, uh, it's the ending. So from the point of him holding holding Damien down, getting ready to stab him, and Damien saying like, "No, Daddy, no." It's like, oh god, and then. The guy's coming in and presumably shooting him dead, and then he gets adopted, and then 
by the president of the United States. I think that's what happens. Right? Basically. And then he turns to the camera and smiles. Oh, terrible. Oh. Nixon that adopted him. <laughs> yeah. Explains everything. <laughs> yeah. I am not an Antichrist. <laughs> but yeah, this him holding him down, and yeah, just if you were to think that's the devil, that's what the devil would do. He'd play with your mind. Mm-hmm. No, Daddy. I'm like, oh God. And then that's rough. Uh, but yeah, the scene at the very end where you see him at the side at the funeral of Thorn, and then the president's side, and the, he turns to the camera and smiles. It's like, oh, you son of a bitch! It's all true. <laughs> Literally, son of a bitch. Hey. Um, yep, so that's my number two. Scott. Okay. So my number two, uh, the the gratuitous deaths. So, yeah, we're in this weird kind of crossroads for, for horror movies. Um, the, you get stuff like like Exorcist. Um, we're about to get like some of the, the classic slasher stuff, like like Halloween. Um, but this, yeah, this came out before Halloween, right? I always forget the dates on this stuff. This is seventy six, I think Halloween's seventy eight, but I'll look it up. Okay. Um, at any rate, uh, yeah, seventy eight. So yeah, all all this is more classic, classical horror. It's playing more upon like psychology than um, actually anything horrible going on. Uh, But then the deaths pop up. And you're like, okay, this is why this is a cult, like, <laughs> staple horror movie. Um, for me, the hanging, like, scene is is the most brutal of the three super graphic deaths. Um, that was it. Was really fucking cool. Oh, the, the Very way, iconic the, scene. The way they shot it is so visceral. Um, like, you know, they they tossed that that dummy that probably weighed probably 100 pounds or something like that. Yeah, they the just, same weight as that lady. Yeah, it just slams to the window. Like, it's very effective. Uh, uh, it, it's cool that it's um, from from the point of view of everybody watching. It's such a f- so far off that it almost doesn't seem real. Yeah. Uh, and then just the the line before it, she's, she seems so happy to say it, do it. The it's all for you, Damien. And then she jumps off, um, as if to give him a birthday present. Like, it is his birthday. It's what he wanted, mm-hmm. so she offers herself up. Uh, the, the spike thing is is kind of, I don't know, it's more funny than shocking now. Um, a bit. The, the, the shot of him, like, yeah. when, when it, after when, it, when he's dead and the, the spike's in the ground and he's just stuck to it, that's cool. Uh, but the, the whole him screaming on the way down um, is very reminiscent to me of Hot Fuzz. When the top of the <laughs> yeah. falls on the guy, <laughs> oh. um, you know, it, I, I don't know if, how much inspiration may or may not have been drawn from the Omen for that, uh, but uh, another graphic scene involving a church tower falling on somebody, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, like you said, David Warner's head getting chopped off. Uh, yeah, if, I I saw that and I, I was kind of like with you, Alex. Like, wow, I can't believe they just did that. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you know, you I mean, it was completely the stump was completely dry, flying off his his body and everything. But just the fact that they went for it, and it like you said, the shooting of these scenes is incredible. Yeah, and then they they have the is it the reflection that's the close up of the head, like still yeah. like frozen in shock. 
Yeah, that's also the only re- like really, really like supernatural thing that goes on this in this movie, and it's super subtle. Is just the the vague shadows in the photographs. A little more to say about that, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, but just the the deaths. Um, there's, there's some good stuff there, <laughs> especially for the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the hanging is just ugh. Yeah, I'll have more to say about the hanging. Like we've seen like ad nauseum now, people getting delimbed and gore and stuff, but that hanging scene is... It's very effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The trivia on the head thing, uh, Dick Donner was saying that at this point, there had been enough horror movies that audiences were a little smarter and they knew how long to close their eyes. So they actually put in an extra couple frames... So that people were uncovering their eyes and the head was still rolling and get that second scream. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so they had like some test screenings and people would scream and close their eyes and it was over. He's like, we want to get the other one. So they add, it was just in my eyes. Just here there, just a, less than a second, but it was enough to, when people opened their eyes again, the head was still rolling on the glass. <laughs> oh, and, God, you're still there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very badly burnt. Yeah, that, that um, again, that goes back to the hanging because as you're watching it, you're still not quite sure. Like, I mean, we, we've all seen it. We know it's coming now. But as you're watching it, you're like, I can't believe that fucking happened. Yeah, basically. You're like, is she have a rope around? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, the audience doesn't really have time to, to adjust. Wait, that. what's all for Damien? <laughs> yeah. All right. Alex, number two. My number two is this movie has a really good use of silence. Um, Because as a counterpoint to all the cheesy, like, 70s overblown sound effects that they use for, like, some of the really, really important stuff, there's just no sound except for, you know, what's happening, like, the sound effects that's happening around, like, footsteps or, like, a perfect uh, example is... When Damien's riding his tricycle, there's all this loud, loud music, and then as soon as Scary Poppins opens the door, he starts riding his tricycle out there, and it's just completely quiet, except for the noise on the tricycle and the mom like trying to fiddle with the, with the with the plant potted plants and everything, and then he hits. All of that is just completely quiet, and it's very unnerving. So they do that, like Dig Donner did that like expertly. Where he knew, uh, at least at most points, when it, when it really mattered, when to just have no sound. Yep. And even at the end, when he's sneaking back into the house to try and get Damien away from uh, Scary Poppins. <laughs> scary Poppins. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's like stealthing around the dog. You, you, when the dog is coming you know, down the hallway, you hear the whispers. And then he's like completely quiet. And then the sound goes away also. And then the dog just goes, you know, down to the basement. It's like, oh, so, so good. Yeah. It was but then it, then it changes and all you just hear is a barking dog for the next five <laughs> yeah. minutes. And yeah, how was that bitch not awake after all that? And Damien, too. I guess they were like two floors up, but still. Yeah. In the dead of night in the countryside, you would have heard that damn dog. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it was very well insulated. Mm, maybe. Um, all right. Uh, my number one, and it's already been mentioned a lot, but it's the it's the hanging. 
it's all for you. Um, I think, and this is like repressed memories. I before I saw this movie, you know, later on when I got it, I think I walked in and my parents watching this or something, and I remember like just seeing, and I didn't know what I saw because I was still I didn't know the concept of hanging or whatever, but I knew it was unsettling. And so later on when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's a scene, and yeah, it's it's too real, I think, and that's the head yeah. flying around is land the spike thing is whatever but that yeah like everything scott said like it just felt right what you didn't like they didn't glorify it or anything she just jumps off and slams in and just hang in there and like you said it's from the perspective of all the party goers there are now a hundred traumatized children out there yeah uh, i do like the, those initial mm-hmm. screams then the kids are just kind of staring in awe like they don't know what to make of it i thought that was a cool shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like go cut her down um yeah, that is so... And that's just when the movie... Because at that point, nothing's happened at all, right? I mean, I guess you had to... No, nothing's happened, right? Yeah, not really. Yeah, because that's kind of the first sign. Yeah, everything's good. The nanny's holding uh, Damien at the party. And the, for some reason, yeah, the mom gets a weird vibe off it. So she takes him away. And then that's when the nanny just disappears. And then next thing you know, she's... It's, it's the dog hypnotized her. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's, that's one of the like all-time... Death moments, I think, for for me in horror movies. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Alex, number one. Scott, number one. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering what like, is, really? is just some of the concepts at play here um, are very creative, uh, and you haven't really. I I don't know how much of them might have popped up before. Um, but uh, you know, some of the stuff as I was watching it again, I'm like, oh, that's such a cool idea um, to just little little pieces throughout the movie. Um, some some of them are more subtle than others. Um, it's so kind of start and they, they never really point toward it. But um, so yeah, the his his son is killed and there's this big deception. Um, but before he even knows that though, he buys into it. Um, so, him taking Damien, or the, I guess they name him Damien, uh, uh, as as a baby and not letting his wife know, so his basically his whole life is starting with a lie. Um, mm-hmm. So if if you want to get like really philosophical there, um, there's that. Uh, I like the the concept of, you know, this this kid's not a a literal monster that's gonna go around and just devour everybody's. Like, just chew the, chew up their, their their skin and bones and stuff. No, he's gonna do it like through politics. It's actually very plausible. Uh, makes yeah. it all that much more terrifying. Uh, you guys already talked about the the coffins, um, and yeah, just to to see the the, the hole in the the baby skull is it's really fucked up. Um, and then just again that you know it, the movie drives most of its intensity from. Uh, the the unknown, as as opposed to um, the, the violent deaths and uh, a spooky uh, clown scare me exactly. Uh, <laughs> although that's that's the, the clown dolls are worse though. Just saying. Oh yeah. Um, and then finally, my favorite thing uh, that again I don't know if this came out of a book or they did it just for this movie, but it's it's fucking brilliant. Is the photo thing. Mm. Um, how he develops the photos and he sees the the weird uh, sh- shadowing, basically of how 
these people are going to die. Uh, it's it's a very cool idea. They don't overplay it. Um, you know, I, I was curious to see if they would use it a little bit more. You know, if if they had a you know if you had to develop pictures of the wife or of, of Thorn, um, mm -hmm. maybe they would have seen that stuff there. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that idea that he's developing it and he, he sees the stuff and you know they don't they don't pay it too much lip service. Um, or, or rather, they pay just the right amount because uh, David Warner's character keeps bringing it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I love I love the photo bit. Uh, I thought that was so cool. Uh, but it's, very, it, it's obviously much more effective in the seventies when you know there there was no <laughs> Photoshop. Yeah. Like if you make photography is all the rage. Yeah, if you made the Omen now, that whole thing like if you remade the Omen now, that whole thing would go right out the window. They did. Well, 2016, right? No, that was before that. Also, I, I, I don't remember the remake. I don't know if they they did that or not. But yeah, they I never the, saw the remake. Yeah, they showed the lady hanging herself right in the trailer. So, what's the point of watching the damn movie? Right. But, but the whole picture thing, like, I don't see how you do that again. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing about technology and these horror movies. Like, you can't, <laughs> some of those gags you can't reuse again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or you've got to find a completely different way to bring it about. Also, I've taken a photography, a traditional photography class and developed film and stuff. You don't want to be smoking in that room or touching all the chemicals with your bare hands. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Dillinger don't give a fuck. It was the seventies. Yeah, simpler times. Simpler times. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is that despite this movie not really being, you know, I didn't find it that scary, even with all the Catholic iconography and everything, it was overall still very unsettling, like throughout. Yeah, like, it, it just did a good job. No, so. Even if you know you're like me and you saw some comical stuff or some uh, uh, spoofs that kind of played off of this, like the Good Omen, I mean Good Omens and stuff like that, it's still a really good watch. It's still very finely crafted and still just has that underlying dread throughout the whole movie. And I think you nailed it. Say so it is. It's unsettling more than it is scary. Hmm. Yeah, because there were some moments where you could. It's like, oh, that was, I guess that was meant to be a jump scare, like lightning striking over here. Uh, like I said, the only, <laughs> the mundane door closing was the only thing that got me. But, um, yeah, aside from that, even, you know, with all the gore and stuff that we're used to today, it's still like very, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And Damien smiling at the end. <laughs> Also, why do you keep calling him Dillinger? Because that was his name in that was his name in Tron. Was it? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. Well, that was it, the when he was the human counterpart, not uh, in the okay. computer. Yeah, I don't remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Damien must die in the games. End of line. Remember, end of line. <laughs> So I'm assuming you guys never saw the sequels. Nope. Um, I do remember 
because I think they would show that on Channel 13 also. <laughs> one of the sequels. <laughs> and I do remember right the... never-ending story. Do you remember, like, the ending to one of them where, like, the priest is in, like, a... Like, near a swimming pool and he's spitting out nails or something like that? That's about all I remember. Huh. Yeah, I've never seen him, but I'm reading the, the, the description of uh, Omen 2, which is called Damien, colon, Omen 2. First blood. <laughs> Damien the Antichrist so I guess it's not as uh, subtle as I thought they're just flat out saying he's the Antichrist here so Damien the Antichrist now 13 years old finally learns of his destiny under the guidance of an unholy disciple of Satan meanwhile dark forces begin to eliminate all those who suspect the child's true identity so, so there so, you go so we get it he's a teenager <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, there it is. Yeah. All you need to do here, future filmmakers, all you need to do to make a kid look possessed or scary is just film a regular kid and then just add spooky music to it, to the scene. Because that's it. Daming riding around in circles in a, on a tricycle. Kids do that all the time. My boys, would they wouldn't run tricycles, but they would just run in circles. <laughs> you know what's funny? The most... The the most evil thing I saw that kid do was just keep making that same noise with the with and throw the the pool balls back and forth. Oh, like, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, that's annoying. Yes, yep. he's clearly the antichrist. <laughs> mm-hmm. The mom's like, I just can't stand that noise. It's like, hey, this is normal. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, oh, by is. the way, in that scene, I don't know if you noticed, but that painting in the billiard room is fucked up. I didn't. That might be the fucking creepiest thing in the whole movie. What's in the painting? It's just a picture of a family, but they're just like fucking zombie ghosts and stuff. It's weird, and it's huge. It's gross. Okay. All right, and uh, by the way, the third movie in the trilogy is called The Final Conflict. No omen at all mentioned the title. Fun fact, the nanny... That hangs herself in the very beginning. Uh, that's one Holly Palance, daughter of one Jack Palance. Oh, <sighs> oh, hanging people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Pretty sure we should watch the final conflict. The now adult Antichrist plots to eliminate his future divine opponent with a cabal of monks. While a cabal of monks plot to stop him. So wait, his future divine opponent is there like a another Jesus? <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Omnibus. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, it's time to rate it. Unless you guys had any honorable mentions. No, just a big ass scary painting. <laughs> All right. Uh, as usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being absolute garbage, 7 being perfection. Um, for me, like I said, I've watched this several times. Um, this is the first time I've watched it in a while, and I still enjoyed it, so I have to give it a 6. Sometimes I watch, I like the movie a lot back in the day, and I come back, and I'm like, eh, I don't like it as much. I still liked it, uh, and it wasn't too long. Uh, and it, it was slow, and I agree with that, but it was still under 2 hours, so I could definitely find time to watch this again and again so a six for me scott um yeah i gotta give it a six too uh this is this is classic horror uh you know a lot of the stuff that i mentioned 
in my number one with all the, the different concepts, uh, the slow burn, the the last again 15-20 minutes are very intense considering there's no real uh, like monster chasing anybody or anything like that. Uh, Gregory Peck's great here. Uh, yeah, they they the obviously, Pecker. <laughs> they obviously it's crush and bruise. Yeah, they obviously uh, had something going here with how much this was has been spoofed and and homaged in later works. Also, Sam Neill plays uh, Damien in the third movie, by the way. Oh, I didn't even see who was in it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex. <laughs> if you stand still, Sam Neill can't see you. It's true. <laughs> but if you poke a hole on a piece of paper, you can travel through space and time. Yeah, that's Into true. hell because he's the Antichrist. <laughs> oh, my God. It comes full circle. Yeah. They would not take me. Oh, my dear. Oh, my dear. Latin stuff. Cheesy <laughs> <Jizzy> poops. <laughs> All right. Alex, does this movie get the sign of the devil? Uh, not just because it's not because I'm Catholic, really. <laughs> but no, I'm going to give this a five. Oh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> if, if I, Alex, if I change mine to a five, will you make it a six? <laughs> no. Okay. Now, I'm honestly giving this a five because even though it's beautifully shot, it's got some really good things going for it. Uh, the underlying dread that I said, uh, it's very unsettling throughout. I can still watch this it, like in the dark, it lights off, like whenever, and it, it wouldn't like really affect me. That doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Like, so, no, so it's a good, so it's a watch, good movie, watch, but like, it's supposed to be a horror movie. Off? It's supposed to be a horror movie. And a horror movie is supposed to make me, like, scared of even turning the lights off. Horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're like, a grown-ass well, man, Alex. The lights going off yeah, shouldn't change anything. I know. Well, it does. <laughs> it's just that level. If a movie's so scary that me, as a grown-ass man, doesn't want to turn off the lights, that's a good movie. If, that's a good If people aren't getting movie. creased up and ready to go, and if Alex doesn't feel compelled to turn the lights off, doesn't get a six. That's right. What about, do you but take yeah, your pants off? Wasn't that scary? No. Uh, no, it's just I still had my shorts on. Okay. But they weren't soiled. <laughs> and it's soiled? all about it's all about Catholicism and stuff, and that shit scares the daylights out of me. And this movie is like eh. conjuring and exorcist and all that stuff. So I know that scared the shit out of me way more. I hope you didn't have your shorts on for that. Well, I don't now. <laughs> they're they're in the trash. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we're going to do our crossover list, which is just kept it simple this time. Uh, just top five scary kids scary from movies. movies. And uh, <laughs> this was not as easy as I thought. We kind of picked up with this one. I was like, oh, no, every kid is scary in a movie, but I had a hard time with this one. The kid from Jerry Maguire? Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Fucking terrifying. Kid from do you know that human children. head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to get into mine right now. And my number, and I, I don't remember a lot of the names of these kids. They're just scary kids. And this is like, I will have a caveat. It may not be that they're scary, it's just that they're, eh, whatever, it's scary. Yeah, it's, it's the creepy. kid from Pet Cemetery. Okay. A little boy gets the, the devil in him. And he's running around trying to take down Herman Munster. And he <laughs> slices his Achilles open. Ugh. Uh, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> don't um, do it 
Don't do it, Stan. <laughs> so the kid from Pet Cemetery <laughs> is my number five. Sometimes Stan is better. Okay. Uh, my number five is the 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 kid. She's I don't know if she's in more than two. I think she's in more than two, but the uh, the girl that's a computer program in Resident Evil the movie, and then she shows up as a real kid in the second one, and then again in the one of the other ones, but the, the creepy computer kid telling them all, you're all going to die down here. Uh, oh, Vicky. Mostly I just like the uh, the British, <laughs> creepy British kids, so there you go. We Was know she a all your secrets. It was based on a real kid, but you're all going to but die down here. It's just AI, right? Yeah, AI. Oh. You're all going to <laughs> yeah, die yeah, down AI, here. AI, AI, AI. Was it a small wonder? <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> it's not Vicky. <laughs> All right. Alex, number five. My number five is uh, from a video game. And these little girls will just stab you right up. Stab up dead corpses and uh, stab you up if they see you as a threat. And that is the Little Sisters from Bioshock. Oh, that's a good one. Even I know what that is. Damn, they're creepy. Whoa, Plus they got... stab you up. Mm-hmm. Watch out, boys. <laughs> stab you up. They're plasmid eaters. Uh, yeah, and they got the big daddies, like, bodyguarding them and stuff. It's creepy. And then, you you know, if you if you have a soul, you'll sympathize with them and, and save most of them for the good ending. Spoilers. Uh, great yeah, good. they're creepy. Especially the first time you see him. Ugh. All right. Um, my number four is the the hillbillies from... Um... The hills have eyes no, with the oh sound of music. No? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Deliverance. Uh, Deliverance. The, yes. The kids at the very beginning with the play the dueling banjo music, the inbred whatever they are, and ding 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 ding. I think they're McPoyles. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one eyelid's further down the other. It's just those kids are the creeps. Ugh. 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 Well, that's my number four: creepy inbred hillbillies <laughs> from Deliverance. Scott. Okay, my number four is old black and white movie uh, I do remember watching this as a kid and being creeped out uh, but actually the premise for this uh, is very similar to uh, The Omen in that there's a uh, basically sociopathic kid uh, trying to get away with shit and that's uh, Rhoda from The Bad Seed uh, you know I've never seen that movie um, you know it's I have not seen it since I was a kid but it's stuck with me I do not know how well it would hold up now, but the premise is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Is that like, is the same premise as The Good Son? Basically, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a hilarious movie. It's funny that you should mention that, Jeff. <laughs> Uh-oh. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, it's it's basically, yeah, it's pretty much the exact same premise. Okay. Although, the, I, I guess The Good Son ends with a happier ending? I don't know. Yeah. As the mother kills her own child. Spoilers. That's a happy ending. <laughs> Alright, Alex, number four. My number four is... Uh, technically, 
It's well, it's a baby, and it's real, but then not again. But when uh, Ian McGregor's going through, uh, uh, what call it, his detox, and he's having nightmares, and that baby from Transplanting oh, that's no. crawling on the ceiling. Yeah, that's fucked up. Ugh. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, yeah don't. At least, not, yeah, at least when the not boys, babies. Yeah, when my boys are old enough, they're going to watch <laughs> Requiem for a Dream and then train spotting. Are you going to... What's the term from uh, Clockwork Orange? The... No, I watched them vidi. <laughs> right, but the, uh, the the term for the brainwashing. The... Oh, uh, the Ludovico. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tape their eyes open. Yeah. Clamp. Clamps in their eyes. All right. Um, my number three is, and I can't remember remember any of the girls, the names. The little girl from Poltergeist. Amy? Carol? Caroline. 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 Don't go into the light. Caroline, uh, don't go yeah. into the light. You know, I haven't seen that. Also another one that I haven't house, seen since I was a kid. This house is clear. Oh, Losers. Losers. But yeah, she's she's so sweet, in, in it, but she's still creepy. They're here. <laughs> so, all right, Caroline from Poltergeist. Scott. Okay, so my number three uh, is <laughs> is from The Good Son. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, really creepy here, playing off yeah. Elijah Wood. Uh, as we both know, they're both huge stars right now. Nothing went wrong there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they they get more and more, or Macaulay Culkin's character gets revealed more and more of a psychopath throughout the movie. The the one scene though when they drop the dummy off the overpass. Oh, that one's oh god! Just nuts. thinking about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, forcing the the mom to choose between the two of them. Uh, Not much of a Sophie's choice there. Yeah, so. But yeah, he's pulling the like the same thing as Damien though, with the mom, mom, save me, don't, mom, please, don't you love me? Yeah. please save me. Yeah, and then she realizes I'm your son. She realizes how manipulative he is. Mm-hmm. He he deserved to die. Bye. I hope he burns in hell. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> That's how right. I talk. Ain't <laughs> you seen it my in movies? my movies? <laughs> Um, all right, Alex, number three. My number three, and this is from a uh, cult classic foreign film called Let the Right One In. Have you guys seen this one, the original? That's on my, no. my list of things I should have watched. Dude, it is fucking fantastic. And this is the titular uh, Ellie, the, uh, well, I'll just say it, the vampire girl. She's a little, yeah, she's a little girl. She's about 12 years old, but she's, you know, ancient because she's a vampire. The movie's just phenomenal. I recommend. Go watch it now. Don't watch the remake. The American remake. Sounds good. All right. Uh, my number two is two kids, and it's the twins from The Shining. Just very brief scene, but... Yeah, yep. that's my number one. That's my number two also. Yeah. <laughs> Come play with us. Come play with us. Red Rabbit. And then the next scene, they're just on the floor all 
decapitated, all like chopped up. Ugh. And they're British. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, the twins <laughs> for the they, Shining. I don't think they're British. They're not. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean, they're just creepy enough to be a British level. If they're not, they yeah. should be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I know it takes place in America, but they just yeah, they have that British feel. All right. Uh, so, I guess, Scott, anything to add then, if that's your number two? Uh, Nope. Just super fucking creepy. I mean, really, Danny's kind of creepy, too. <laughs> yeah, Red rum. Red rum. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, yeah, the twins, like, out of all the kids in this list, like, this is, well, maybe my number one. But uh, the other ones that we've all listed, uh, this is the only one where we're, like, some hotel and I see a couple like kids skipping down like hand in hand wearing the same clothing I'm turning around and going the other way (laughs) (laughs) yep alright Alex number two my number two is what's her face from the ring (laughs) nice it's my number one which is yeah another that movie and her were like one of those like uh, horror antagonists that was like a trend setting after that it's very iconic mm-hmm. very fucking creepy best part of that movie or the scariest part of that movie is when the mom goes and they find the well and they they take yeah. the body out and she comes home and tells the boy it's okay everything's gonna be okay we saved her we let her out no you weren't supposed to yeah, do that you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> you stupid hag <laughs> Why did you do that? She never sleeps. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, and the, the the famous scene of her crawling out of the TV screen. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> this is before anybody really like got a chance to really dig into Japanese horror too. I know. So, yeah. Like they they've been doing that shit for a while over there, but this is our first like, time <laughs> to for us to get a real mm-hmm. taste of it on the in the main you know big screen. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that was Alex's number two. That was my number one. So Scott, what's your number one? My number one is also Samara from the Ring. Oh, all right. Yep. There it is. Yep. Yeah, that 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 is a good uh, twist. So you know that I guess it's one of the cool things about uh, horror movies as a genre is that you 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 go and never really ex- knowing who's going to walk away, whether it's totally going to be, like, the villain's totally going to win, whether the heroes are going to get away, but the evil's still out there, whether they're going to defeat the evil, but the evil's still kind of around. Like, you never know what the final resolution's really going to be. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool one where, yeah, like, they, they subvert all of expectations of, okay, this woman's, like, trying to do the right thing. And... Uh, it was absolutely the wrong thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, let's be another lesson. So we've already mentioned don't do drugs. Uh, don't try to help people. Yep. <laughs> well, don't try to help dead yeah, people. Yeah, that's that's probably better. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's better. <laughs> dead is better. If their corpse is locked up, <laughs> a, uh, locked up and it's really hard to get to, it's probably for a reason. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better. I suppose. All right, Alex, number one. Uh, it's the twins from The Shining. Oh. Ever since I was young, the first time I saw that movie, that's aside from the old lady ugh, in the bathtub, yeah. the twins are like the creepiest thing. 
Come play with this. Oof. Also, as an aside, there's a sequel to that movie coming out with Ewan McGregor That's right. as Danny. Dr. Goodsleep? Uh, something like that. Or Dr. <laughs> Sleepmore? Something like that. <laughs> I shouldn't, too. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of Samara, another shout-out to uh, one of the greatest horror movies of all time, Cabin in the Woods. I, don't, so I still need to watch that, so. Oh my god! Oh, okay, I won't spoil it then. I actually, I actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually bought the the UHD version, so I actually intend to watch that one. So. Yeah, that's a good movie. I like it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, my honorable my honorable mention of creepy kid is Joffrey Baratheon. He's pretty creepy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, noise. And uh, all right, that's it. It's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, October 1st. Yeah. Oktoberfest. It's a, a little-known fact that in uh, October 1st, 1932, some drunk fat bastard went up to home plate, flipped somebody off in the outfield, and then hit a home run. That's amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Did he get fined or something? <laughs> No, everybody was cheering. Oh wow, it was it was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, folks, it was Babe Baby Ruth who who uh, pointed out <laughs> Babe Ruth, the great Hambino, Salt in the Swat, the Salt in the Swat, <laughs> the Colossus of Clout. That's the same guy. The Colossus of Clout. Yep, October first, nineteen thirty-two. You pointed knew. out. You knew Babe Ruth? Yeah, who doesn't know Baby Ruth? George? Oh, you meant... Yeah. <laughs> oh, George? Yeah. You knew George me. signed this? You're not in trouble, son. You're dead where you stand. <laughs> <laughs> to me, baseball was life. And I was good at it, too. <laughs> Real good. Ha! Real good. Just got a little Sean Connery there <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's, it's hard to get that... that, that Deep around. I am your father. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Luke, I am moment. your father. <laughs> Luke, you piece of shit. Yeah. I should have known. I'm altering the deal. Pray don't alter it any further. <laughs> I mean, yep. the guy in the suit was a Scottish guy, so yeah. might, might as well be. Uh... Anyway, go ah, ahead. Obi Wan. The day is you mine. piece of shit. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Why, <yeah. laughs> so tell me, if anybody tries to pull the Babe Ruth now, they're getting they're getting beaned, right? Well, I think the or at I, least the well, going to try. Well, I think now the Babe Ruth is some kind of daring sexual maneuver. So possibly, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's when you call your shot. <laughs> and then <laughs> it turns out you're uh, sterile. And then, well, I guess I can't repeat it here on the show. But uh, <laughs> anyway, no, nobody does it now, and it's still even rumored that Babe Ruth did that. There's no evidence. It's all hearsay. Mm. Oh, there were no cameras back then, so how would we know? <laughs> there were cameras, just not every inning of every baseball <laughs> game was recorded. It, it, it worked for the Cleveland Indians in the 19... <laughs> yeah, it did. In the 1994? The substitute. 
ALCS. And what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought you were going to do a major league. That's what I, that's what that was. Yeah. Oh. Or, or it's probably 89, about. actually. Sorry. I think it's before that. I think it's like 85. Anyway. Anyway, we've got... It's time for Neom News! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot it was my turn to do something. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got some white walls we're, we're going to get to. Uh, so, uh, just a couple of pieces here. Some things do not react well here into lightsabers. Lightsabers. <laughs> 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 Your conclusions were all wrong. Use the force. <laughs> Use the force, goddammit. <laughs> Uh, so uh, one one piece of news that's uh, as Alex likes to say very juicy. Uh, mm. So let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Mom and Dad are back together again, and yep. uh, your your friendly local Spider-Man neighborhood Spider-Man uh, is back on the the patrol, the beat, whatever you want to say. So yeah, Sony and Disney have uh, have made up. They had some. Some angry makeup sex, and now uh, we're Spider-Man's going to get to be in the MCU again. Uh, I'm unsure on the the terms of the deal. I don't know if either one of you knows. For sure. I heard that it was going to be one more movie and then one appearance in another uh, somebody else's film. Well, we'll see how that goes. I did. I did not hear that, but I heard. So Disney was getting five percent. They wanted fifty percent, and I think they settled at twenty. But I'm not sure on that. That's usually how negotiations should go. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Meet in the middle. Uh, yeah, it's it's good, especially after all the shit they set up after the last one. Uh, I know, really. Them to throw that. Jesus H, how are they yeah, gonna for, explain this? Like they basically <laughs> set him up. With spoilers. So they basically set him up to be like the heir apparent to Tony Stark, and he's like integral to the MCU now. <laughs> for them to like just yank all of that just doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah, glad glad that this is all back together. I was genuinely upset <laughs> that that, sure you that, were. that it was going back to, to Sony only. Um, so now now I can sleep again. Uh, I, I so real quick, have you guys seen that? There's this uh, people, I guess, or this uh, Facebook channel that does just memes based on The Simpsons. <laughs> so one of them was about Homecoming, <laughs> or not Homecoming, Far From Home. And it's like, hey, have you seen Peter Parker? Something seems wrong with him. New glasses? No, something else. It probably misses his old glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All the faces was like Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Tom Holland on uh, Bart and Homer. It was fantastic. Anyways. Have they done a steamed ham, one of those? <laughs> I don't think so. Not yet. Yeah. You see, not that I've seen You see the one for Yakuza? No. <laughs> There's one for Yakuza. It's pretty good. All right. I rock mend. Uh, so there's that, and then just one uh, bit of uh, news slash review. Um, so Disenchanted Season 2 has hit Netflix. Uh, I'm four episodes in, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the first season. It kind of grew on me. Um, second season picks up right where the last one left off. Uh, there's a surprising amount of continuity uh, in this series, and there's already yeah. a lot of callbacks from the first season, if you're paying attention. Um, in in season two now, um, I, I still love the animation. Um, again, it's not as pound for pound funny as Futurama or Simpsons in its heyday, uh, 
there's a lot to like here. Um, the characters have kind of, you know, kind of grown into themselves. It reminds me a lot of Futurama. How it took, I don't know, about half a season or so, or maybe till season two before they really hit their stride with, with what each character was mm-hmm. about and what was working for them and what kind of wasn't working as well. Um, and I recommend it. Uh, if you like the first season of Disenchanted, go ahead and check this out. Uh, there, there's some. I I just talked about how it wasn't as funny as the other two, but I've definitely laughed out loud at several points uh, in these episodes. So again, uh, go watch. And that's all from me, Alex. Anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, if you played The Last of Us, Last of Us Two is coming out. Looks pretty awesome. Very appropriate for Halloween because that game is fucking terrifying. Every time I played the first one, I got The Last of Us Remastered. I was in cold sweats doing all the stealth stuff. It's The Last of Us for the rest of us. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Go play the remastered version. And then uh, if you're inclined, go pick up uh, Last of Us 2. It's coming out soon. All right. Uh, Anything else? Nope. All right, Jeff. Anything you want to talk about? Perhaps your sobriety? Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. But I do want to talk about Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars movie. <gasps> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He said to produce one. Yeah. So Lucasfilm has hired Kevin Feige to develop a Star Wars movie. <laughs> make a Star Wars. Make yourself Star a Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I hadn't heard about this. It, it sounds like the the ancient story of uh, Daedalus and Icarus, and uh, Kevin Feige <laughs> is flying too close to the sun here. Well, maybe we shall see. But I think yeah. we uh, fans of both uh, universes have kind of said, "Yeah, why does it? Everyone else sucks at Star Wars. Let, the, let this guy do it. He's doing everything good with Marvel." So okay. I'm willing to, to give him a chance, see what he can do. I mean, he's producing, so I don't know. But at least he'll have. I don't know, hands-on. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, two uh, MCU actors are already uh, trying Bobby? to persuade him. So oh. when this happened, Brie Larson posted a picture of her holding a lightsaber in her Jedi robe saying, I want to be in Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, Chris Evans is also been saying some stuff. So Ooh, It's all through Twitter. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe Feige can prove, just like J.J. Abrams, that if given the reins of two different uh, huge IPs, you can make okay movies for one or two of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's got to be better than what we got so far. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting, though. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. I mean, if there was one guy they were going to turn to... <laughs> Disney was going to turn to to be like, hey, like we're making money, but <laughs> we could be making more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I think it's cool. Uh, I didn't know that Brie Larson was such a big Star Wars fan. Um, she was there like opening night at Galaxy's Edge and all this other. Uh, Gal- yeah, Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Is that the phone or the park? Or are they both called Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, what well is I got the, the Galaxy. Uh, oh, this is the Galaxy S10, which is what I have. Yeah. Why well, have the S plus? Because that's how I roll. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just on this page of mine right now, and she was just talking about how 
on the set of Captain Marvel. They were filming on May the 4th, and Samuel L. Jackson brought in his lightsaber, and she was so oh, happy yeah. she got to hold yeah, it and everything like that. So she's like a big dork, which is cool. I don't know mm-hmm. if she's the best actress, but I've, I'm, um, I'm seeing I, her in the, the, the Jedi robe. <laughs> reminded of uh, <laughs> from Archer. Uh, th- there's a gif of uh, Krieger where um, somebody's been talking about like some kind of like murder robot and Krieger holds up his hand and says stop stop I can only get so erect yeah <laughs> <laughs> Krieger's so, uh, my cherry blossom they're wilting so anyway I think that's interesting like I said I, I don't know I would have thought well he's just producing so I don't know if he gets like uh, the Russo brothers to make a Star Wars movie, then maybe. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I mean, know. there's mm-hmm. there's kind of the the big picture for more than just one movie. Yeah. So I don't think I. Who knows if they were just gonna have him do like one? What that would look like. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. In the article I read, I think it was Hollywood Reporter. They said they weren't sure what if this just means one. If this means multiple, because everything you hear, it's like, oh yeah, the. Uh, the Game of Thrones dudes, they're making some Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, the guy who made Last Jedi, he's making Star Wars movies. Like, everyone, he said, everyone gets a Star Wars. So I don't yeah. know what's going on. But. You get a Star Wars. You get a Star Wars. You War. get a Star Wars. <laughs> One of these days, George Lucas may get a Star Wars. <laughs> well, let's not get crazy here. Yeah. All right, anything else, Jeff? That's it. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.